Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there, welcome to the show. It is brought to you with Levi Solicitors, so we'll do you 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Details there. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello with me this time is Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. There are still a few remaining copies of our summer special available for you. 228 pages, a great reflection on last season, just as we get heading into the new season with all the excitement of that. Remember, it's all going to be fine, and it's a 228-page document that reminds you it's going to be fine, and it looks beautiful, both on your doormat and your bookcase. There's a discount for you as well if you are a TSB Plus subscriber. Have a look at that, squareball.net forward slash plus. Well, have you got your tokens? Have you got your dollars? Are you ready to spend them at Leg- dollar sign Leeds United? Pockets full of chilies. That's what <laughs> yeah. I've got. Uh, so I spoke to Angus Kinnear a couple of days ago about everything going on at Leeds United. All on your lonesome. Pressurised situation. Very disappointed that Michael chose to have leisure time with his family during the school holidays rather than be here drilling the uh, the chief exec of Leeds United in the, <laughs> that in, what people want? In the interrogation sense of the word. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I was meant to be there, but it, you know, things got moved in this. So yeah. it was uh, it was it was now or never for us on Monday. So it's, to be honest, it was nice just to have the, uh, the, the baggage off my back um, just to be... <laughs> Just set free to, to do what oh, I finally wanted and, to do. And did you ask him about what everyone wanted to know about? No, he did not. I, I was about to ask as well, did Angus even have you up against the wall at one point off air going, ask me about the bikes? I didn't ask him about the BMXs. No, we, we had too much ground to cover and I was under-resourced because Michael was fucking Buckingham Palace or something. I had pages of BMX questions to ask, but not a single... No, you don't even, you even acknowledge it. Pathetic. Get him back in here. What did he talk about? Can anyway? he do a wheelie? It's all I want to know. Well, he talked about a lot of things. We went from ground development. That all sounds very exciting, doesn't it? That we're going to get a 60,000 capacity Ellen Road, assuming we don't you know, plummet back through the divisions in the uh, in the intervening two years. Let's do both. Let's have the 60,000 stadium, then plummet. I like the idea that they're just revising that upwards because they know there's demand. And if they've seen the demand for the Everton game when that's gone on sale today... I assume it's like 90,000 by now is the is the stadium because it started off with like, oh, if we get 50, that'd be good. 55, we're going to have to do something with the South Stand. 60, okay. <laughs> the South Stand is going to go back halfway up Beeston Hill. That's also fine. Uh, Wesley Street will now become uh, a tunnel and it, so on and so forth. Yeah. It is a natural amphitheatre, the hill. Exactly. And, so. and do those people in those houses really need sunlight? It's the prob- Leeds United hating bastards? It's probably the quickest way to increased capacity at the stadium is actually to knock down the south and east stands and just leave it open so people can just stand up the hill and look down on the pitch. I've always enjoyed those photos of uh, the residents of Beeston who are in their houses, particularly during lockdown when you can't attend, where there's been like a night game on. and It's just, it's like the middle of the day. It's just really bright LED fluorescent lights 
pumping through those pathetic curtains into your uh, some into of them might have nice curtains. Don't criticise the good people of Beeston's curtains. Well, just the thickness. I was thinking, not the quality. No, mind you, the lights. Well, I mean, the two right. things go together. I mean, you can't be paying a, a premium price for thin curtains. Anyway, let's not talk about curtains. Let's talk about what Angus was uh, was talking about. And as you can tell from our excited opening, we want to talk about the uh, the fan tokens in a second. But let's do all the other nice stuff. Well, what, the, what the lack of signings? Uh, are you upset still? Were you going to get into him about that? I mean, it's, it's probably fine and it's probably really difficult organising transfers. That's what I think. <laughs> Would you just bail out because it's too complex oh, for you? I just, I just feel like, oh, you're being impossible. You want, you want all this extra money. Now, he's, now his agent wants money. Just fuck off. <laughs> you don't like handing money over to anyone anyway, so... No, exactly. I mean, it would. I'd have rather he'd said, yes, we've got a winger and a central midfielder lined up and they're about to sign but it doesn't sound like that's particularly going to happen, does it? Because Marcelo Bielsa doesn't want any players ever, and the ones he's got are enough. For Those, him. He was spotted in Manchester today, wasn't he? I'm sure Manchester just... City's ground, by yeah. the looks of things, yeah. So what was he doing there? Maybe going to give some uh, lessons to that young upstart Pep. He's, There's uh... probably some under-15s match on or something, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it would have been Victor Orta going to sort out a, a transfer, unless they've gone for a big gossip about Lionel Messi with, with Pep, apparently. Get there as skate. Think you'll be think you'll be any good at PSG? Oh, no, should have gone. Should have gone to Spurs. You see, you see Grealish comparing himself, not himself to Messi, but his departure from Villa has been like message from Barcelona. Yeah, I felt the same way. Really, did you, Jack? Is that what it was? Is he is he forcing his way out for a hundred million pounds? No, because they were going to give him a hundred million pounds to stay, but they're not allowed to. What a mess. Yeah, it's not like Lionel Messi saying, "I'm not going to get Champions League football. I don't stand a chance of winning anything at Barcelona." Therefore, I have to go to PSG. It's a very different situation. And also, he's better than Jack Grealish. Just putting that out there. Does Jack think so? That's the important thing. And what Jack thinks counts. Well, I'm not sure I care what Jack thinks. That's mental, isn't it? We've not actually spoken about that. A hundred million pound transfer. It's it's wild, isn't it? Is he is he that good? I mean, he's very good. He's a very good footballer, even though he can't stay on his feet for a lot of the time. But he's always struck me at Villa as being, I don't know, a bit lazy. I think it's probably not a great transfer for Man City. I can see it not working out particularly well. I get the feeling he enjoys the luxuries that being their best player by a mile brings him, in that he can basically... Fishes and ponds, Michael. He can do what he wants, and if he's caught smashing his car into other people's cars and photographed with a lady on Twitter and all this sort of stuff, people go, ah, it's fine, isn't it? It's Jack. just Aston Villa's Jack Grealish. Nobody really cares about Aston Villa's Jack Grealish. Yeah, whereas if he's doing that at Man City and there are other good players who can take his place and who might look down upon the fact that if he's doing that stuff, maybe he's not playing as well as he should be. I don't know if that how that works out for him. It might it might transform him. It's like when people say, you know, if if Gazza had gone to Man United, he might have been put on the straight and narrow and that's sort of when he'd had the opportunity. Yes, Brian Robson would have knocked all the... Uh... <laughs> The drinking habits out of him, get him uh, rooming with Paul McGrath. <laughs> another, another team, contemporary reference there. Team him up with Lee Sharp and Ryan Giggs to keep him calmed down. <laughs> that would have worked out uh, a treat. It could be the making of him. I'm never, I sort of, I still feel like Kevin De Bruyne is just on a different level as a player and also sort of the level of seriousness with which he seems to approach the game, but also then also what he doesn't need to do to really be brilliant. Kevin De Bruyne looks like somebody who. He probably works really hard in training, but it's not strictly necessary. He just somehow has cracked the code of always being a consistently brilliant player. Whereas I think it's going to be a lot of work for Jack Grealish to be a hundred million pounds worth of player at a, at a club like Manchester City. He could easily be a hundred million pounds worth of player for Aston Villa, 
Like that's an entirely different thing. But to be worth a hundred million pounds in a team where nobody else is worth or or cost a hundred million pounds is going to be an interesting problem for him. They'll walk the league anyway, so it's fine. Doesn't matter, does it? Were you happy with Angus saying that we turned down bids and inquiries for some of our marquee talent? That was good. Yes. You'd like to keep our marquee talent? I don't know what answer you're expecting from me there. No, sell them all. <laughs> Bring in um, a modern equivalent of Mika Varinen or whoever we, we would be getting instead. No, could, that's good. You could argue, though, that Villa will benefit, I think, from shifting out Grealish and bringing in three good players, if indeed that's what they've done. It is interesting that they are changing the, the rules about contact and stuff in the coming season because Grealish does definitely benefit from from some of that, that he, he looks for it and... He does. He does normally get some contact, but it's whether or not they in the, within the new interpretation. He, he is still being fouled. Or he's, whether inici- he's, he's initiated contact and drawn a foul. That pisses me off. Actually, that that's made its way into the lexicon of football. I don't know if you caught any of the the charity shield when Man City lost to uh, to Leicester, and Matterface was blathering on about him drawing fouls and things like. I was like that. That's not you get you get fouled. You don't initiate a foul, do you? I, mean, I think uh, Luke Ayling is. Would like a word with you about this. As as we've said many times before, let's not get caught up on details about Luke Ayling, who, quite frankly, is a saint. I mean, um, why were you watching the Charity Shield when you should have been watching the build-up and then the opening minutes of Leeds United playing Villarreal? Mm, I did both. Okay. I have still not seen this game. I've seen the goals from it, but I was, I've been away, so I've not seen it. I'm going to... I did pay for this on, on the... What's it called? Live Now. So I will be watching it probably this evening or tomorrow. We were better, weren't we? Yeah. Seemed to be the gist of it. Yeah, definitely. And Angus told us, pre-season, they're not asked. They're not all playing flat out. It's it's just about building up fitness and getting a certain amount of, I don't know, distance, for example, under your belt. Okay, so it's all going to be fine. <laughs> yes, Good. that's essentially what I think he promised it. He said, I promise it will be fine. We will definitely finish in the top half of the table. You've nothing to worry about. And those were the quotes, um, weren't they? But also good news in the forthcoming contract extensions um you imagine like Bamford's going to be in there who else Cooper will he get one don't know how long's he got left as a player <laughs> <laughs> oh. on, his, on his existing deal was was what I meant but oh, okay. you, you can answer either question <laughs> it's up to you he's thinner again he's Cooper isn't he yeah well, where they, they're disappearing these these lads I'm worried about him. Just when you think they can't lose any more weight, he comes in and you can see a, an additional bit of jawbone you didn't know existed before. There is a part of me, and I know because it, it comes from Phil Hay, I was making the same joke about needing a uh, a Bielsa pre-season. There is a part of me thinks, I probably could do with that just to see what results I could get. The result you get would probably be a, a heart attack. You I've think? got to be honest. If you, if you were good to go straight into it, I think you'd need to taper the training maybe ramp it up a bit yeah just straight in on murder ball I think your <laughs> knees are going to explode and you'll and you'll probably die I think I'd be able to start murder ball mm. might not make it all the way through to the end I mean we don't know exactly when the end is it's up to Bielsa isn't it but probably uh, when you're just lying unconscious you probably end, it'll end when the air ambulance lands <laughs> <laughs> clear clear a wide area lads ah oh, dear me but um, that's good news isn't it Get, keeping good players are we into that Yep, that's good. Getting rid of bad players. He didn't address Wasim Boy, did he? I noticed you, you did get that one in there about the expired contract. I mean, we've got the video going on YouTube shortly, and, and alas, I don't think it captures, uh, the edit has not quite captured the moment when a little broad smile came over his face when I mentioned uh, Wasim Boy. But I think he just he let that one hang. Happy and, memories, Yeah, was it? He was remembering the, the good times they had together. Four more years, I think, um, 
was what was in boy's agent was singing anyway. Has he got well, a club? What's in boy? Or is he just is he just called it a day? Yeah, because he he would he seems to be one of those footballers who just lost all interest in playing football because he's not been at the training ground at least has he for a very long time. Like he's we've not even been having him training with the kids. I don't think have we? I think he's just been allowed to go somewhere else while we pay him. Similar to um, like you know Adrian, I can't remember. I think it was some crap pun exchange with somebody about the word. Uh, It was like about Rocky and Adrian. So I ended up looking at Adrian. He's um, not what he's doing these days, but he's looking like he's been living well. I think he has got a club. Um, looks like Wazin Boy is at Al Kariat SC. I'm not sure which country they're from. Of course, their, their nickname is... I think they're in Qatar. The QFA Cup makes me think they're in yeah. Qatar. What's their nickname, Michael? The the the, the Carriers? <laughs> the, the Yats? The Carriatas? Something like that, probably. Uh, okay, they don't seem to have a nickname. He's not yet. played a game for them yet, as far as I can tell. But uh, That's perfect for him, then. Yes, his, his dream move. He was still putting in the hard yards on Instagram with the sort of training videos and that, so he's not been totally slacking off. So uh, midfielders, Conor Gallagher was on a long list, we were told. Lewis O'Brien on same said long list, spotted by scouts. Called Carlos Colbran. <laughs> but we don't know if we're going to get a midfielder. Does that worry you? Yeah, a little bit. Because it seems to me we've got three midfielders covering two slots and we know that, like, Bielsa likes two for everything, so there is room for another body there. Are you not including Adam Forshaw? Well, I don't think we can rely on him, can we, yet? I think we may do as the season wears on, but he's, I'm not, if you notice, Michael, he's been out for two years. Are you counting Chacleton? Um, Had a little bump on the head, but he should be all right. And he was looking very good in, in pre-season, while all around him seemed to be losing their heads until he got twatted in his. He was playing very well, mostly right back, but stick him in his favoured midfield and he's an option, isn't he? Perhaps, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe Angus was using us as a means to get out a big middle finger to Huddersfield because of their outrageous demands for Lewis O'Brien. You think that was what he was doing? I just think they'd be more effective mainstream outlets. I'm not sure. Just get in touch with them and say, "Look, lads, no, that's yeah, yeah. Can you drop, th- you drop your pride." I think that's that's probably a more traditional way of uh, going about it. Tonight just felt good me thinking that we were important <laughs> like that. Then we're not, are we? <laughs> we're not even important enough to Huddersfield. <laughs> Mind you, I, I imagine some of their there probably are Huddersfield fans who listen to this every week just to feel something, just to get a bit of anger. He does seem like a, a decent player. He doesn't seem like he's going to walk into our first team, this O'Brien character. I think the thing about the central midfield is we missed out on Mickey Croissants despite having him in the building for his medical last year. So last summer, we wanted a central midfielder but to that kind of... Because his feet were actually made of croissants. Yes. Yeah. So, but we wanted a player whose feet weren't made of croissants to play mm. in our midfield as an alternative to, to click. And we just got Stuart Dallas to do it in the end, and he turned out to be great. And it was interesting when Kinnear was listing the players that they turned down tens of millions of pounds worth of bids for, and he didn't specify exactly which ones. And you talk about Melier was mentioned, wasn't he? Did he mention Bamford too? And um, Dallas is somebody, it sounds like, other clubs have been trying to sign. So there is a... Um, there is maybe a, an argument of saying, well, if other clubs rate Stewie Dallas that highly, presumably in midfield, or maybe it is his versatility that, that makes him attractive, then yeah, it's good that we keep him for that job. We've got Matthias Click, the man who will never, ever get a holiday for as long as he lives. Calvin Phillips, obviously. Robin Cock has been playing in midfield, and it's not the, the best, but it's not the worst. Lewis Bate, 
Angus again was telling you that he's nearer to the first team than most players we signed for the under-23s. So that's an option. Jamie Shackleton is there. I don't know. If the worst thing that happens is, what are, what are the likely worst-case scenarios of being a midfielder short in terms of squad cover all season? I don't think it's going to mean we're relegated. Uh, no, you'd hope not, wouldn't you? It should be fine. It's just that thing that Dallas can't play every position. So if Furpo is out, you want Dallas. He's probably the first choice to cover left back. And if Luke Ayling was out at the same time, Shackleton might be needed to cover right back. And there's, I don't know. There, there are options. There's always an option. To you know, well, you know, you know, Lewis O'Brien, central midfielder. Do you know what his second position is? Left back. He's been playing left back for Huddersfield. So all of a sudden, ah, the light bulb goes off. He's got COVID as well, hasn't he now? Lewis or, or has he? That's the question. There was questions on the Huddersfield town boards, which have been invaded. I think that the people on Waco keep an eye on the Huddersfield town boards. And down at the Mac, they're saying it's a, it's a conspiracy, not COVID. I don't want to get into that, like go full laws of Fox here. But um, they're saying that maybe it was uh, being used as a shield before we steal him from that hellhole down the road, down the A62. Let's talk about socios then, the the fan tokens, because we started the show on that. And uh, I think it's the one actually, probably, if you were to throw a blanket over this room, is that the one that's elicited most response? Not necessarily what Angus said, which was defending it from a, a commercial point of view. It's making money for the club, and that's ultimately what they're there for. Does that sit easy with you? And I look at you, Michael, who hates parting with pence for anything. Do you know what else makes money? Selling drugs? Yeah. Um, pimping? Are you suggesting that the club get into those things? I'm just saying, not everything that makes money for someone is um, is necessarily a good thing to be involved in. It seems there are two options on this. Either it's monetizing people's opinions and engagement, or it is the most meaningless thing in the world, which people are still being asked to pay for. And you can't argue it's both. You can't say, well, nothing. we're not deciding anything important with this, and then ask people to also spend money on it. And that's why socios want to be involved with Leeds because they think people will give them money to have a vote on stuff. So what what is the purpose of it? If it isn't to make socios money and in turn make Leeds some money, which, you know, that bit is good, what is the purpose of it? It is very pointless. And I say this as somebody who, by the time this is out, you might see my slightly overlong blog post on the Squareball website about using it. I decided, because there's so much fuss about it, I thought the only way to kind of navigate this whole thing is to download the app, sign up, put some money into it, of all things, and see what it's all about. And it is pointless, <laughs> is, the, is the thing. And it's also quite contradictory. And I had a bit of an insight into where some of the, where I think Angus Kinnear and the Leeds United Supporters Trust who put out a statement about it, where they're kind of at, at cross purposes, but actually, I think they're talking about the same thing from the same side and it's socios and their business model and the way they present it, which is essentially the problem because listening to Angus talking to you on the, the podcast when it came to socios and he said, he was very clear about it, it is categorically not about monetizing fan influence. The problem with that is I had had an email from socios uh, that morning uh, entitled the super fan checklist. Item one on the super fan checklist being influence the teams you love. Uh. So on the one hand, you've got Angus Kinnear saying it is not about monetizing fan influence. And then on the other hand, I'm getting emails as a customer associates telling me the, 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 the subject line of the email, the, the subheading beneath the super fan checklist says, are you ready to influence your team? And the thing is, 
Angus Kinnear and Lead Night supporters just both understand engagement and influence in the same way, where they're thinking about dictating ticketing policy and um, dialogue. Well, yeah, dialogue about things that are actually important from day to day. That's what they understand the words influence and engagement to mean. And I think Angus is absolutely sincere and there's no reason to, to doubt him when he says that is not for sale, that there, there is not a, going to be a, a pay to discuss ticketing policy with Leeds United at any point. But in the socios world, the words influence and engagement, are they use the exact same, same words, but to talk about what you can do with socios, which in these cases is... Well, as a as now I am a confirmed fan of, uh, I am a super fan of Roma, um, because they were the only tokens I could really afford. And I have actually, <laughs> I've lost money. They're down by two and a quarter percent since I've invested. By the dip, that's what I'm saying. Earlier. By the dip. Yeah, so Moscow. maybe I should get some more. What, what did more you invest? Well, this is the other thing that I would take some issue with um, Angus's understanding of how it works in, because he keeps saying the tokens are two, are two pound, two pound a token. And all season ticket holders and members will be will have the opportunity to get a free one. So it doesn't necessarily have to cost you anything at the start. But the £2 token is the launch price. They all, And the entire function of the app is then to drive the price of a fan token up. And when you look at the app, you go on to the tabs across the top. I mean, the other thing that people say is it, it's not a cryptocurrency app, but two of the four tabs across the top are about cryptocurrency. So market. And at the moment, you get all the prices of everything. So a Milan token is worth 30 chilies, which will come to a Roma one is worth 25 chilies. The top, the most expensive one is Paris Saint-Germain, which is worth 153 chilies. And the prices are all given in euros underneath. So you have to buy a Chili's cryptocurrency, an amount of that, to then buy a fan token. And at the start, when Leeds United's fan token launches on the first day, it'll be about two quid. You have to turn two quid into some chilies and use the chilies to then buy the fan token. But then the price goes up or down. But the Paris Saint-Germain one is at 153 chilies, which is the equivalent of 43 euros. So if I want to have one fan token for Paris Saint-Germain, I either need to find a way of trading fan tokens back and forward, which is uh, that's item four on the super fan checklist, is to trade fan tokens between different clubs. But hang on a second, you're a Roma super fan, so what are you talking about? You can't go getting involved with PSG once. Well, you can't. I mean, this is, I mean, it's all in you this, a this overlong blog post, but one of the things that they, uh, you can get, you can earn some rewards in this, so there are some gamification rewards, and one of the ways of earning gamification rewards is to buy tokens for your two favourite teams. Right. Because obviously we all have two favourite teams. The Legion United under 23s. Yeah, I don't think they're available. Anyway, so either I trade fan tokens back and forward or I just stick in 43 euros and then I can buy a fan token and then I can do some things as a Paris Saint-Germain fan. Obviously I'm not putting in 43 euros. I put in 10 euros and that meant I could afford a Roma coin. So I'm essentially, I'm now a Roma fan because they're relatively cheap. And then, yeah, so... What does influence and engagement involve where Roma are concerned? Nothing at the moment. There is absolutely nothing on the app that I can actually do. The most recent thing is uh, there's some polls. So the big thing that they talk about is you can take part in polls to decide things at the club. Which design would you like AS Roma to wrap their bus in for season 21-22? It's, clo- it's a very popular one, is that? I think someone's had the idea and they've gone, right, we can all just do this because it's... Fairly benign. And this is interesting with Rome as well. So, but that ended in June and there isn't a poll to do. Before that, 
there were two polls about, well, there was a poll about goal music. So which in May, 24th of May, which of the following songs should become the new goal celebration anthem at the Stadio Olimpico? Led Zeppelin's immigrant song, Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, House of Pain, Jump Around, or Depeche Mode, Just Can't Get Enough. Now, there was a vote on that, but then one month later, in fact, no, it wasn't one month later, it was a week later, um, there was another poll. Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana was recently voted by fan token holders as the new AS Roma goal song. Would you like to confirm that or change it? And it's a uh, yes, I want to confirm Smells Like Teen Spirit or no, I prefer Ziti Ibweni by Maniskin. Oh, it's the Eurovision Song Contest winner. So that... Can, can I just say... That goal the, vote didn't last a week. Right, at this stage, I want Reg Against the Machine, <laughs> killing in the name. But just, then, a, just uh, a breakdown bit at the end. And then before that... You go. You have to go back to December when you could choose the design that will be given to Edin Zeko as a present to celebrate his goal record. And those are the going back to December. Those are the only four things available in return for me putting in seven euros and buying a fan token. There but, is also. But do, you, uh, do you accept that Moscow that the, there is a fun element to it as much as you kind of poo poo in it that somebody might like to do that? It's very limited well, fun. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing. It is, might be might be fun for simpletons. It's the other thing as well. Is who does that kind of thing? appeal to everybody tells me it's it's for young fans and it's kind of it's a gen z thing and the which is who we speak to in this uh, uh hipster podcast world and the ac milan one so ac milan last week you'd have to pay eight euros 45 for a fan token which player do you want to dare show us the inside of their personal shower bag which player should I was take over where, I was wondering where that was going to be fair which player should take over <laughs> ac milan's instagram account at mealtime these all they all seem like they all seem to skew Pat Bamford every time. Why young? And when you com- you then combine it with the gamification stuff I was talking about, where there were a, a rewards, which the rewards are th- uh, things like learning to trade. So you get reward points. For example, shut up and take my money with an exclamation mark. Fill your empty wallet with some chilies and start your game. Pick so, up these woodbines and start smoking cigarettes, children. They'll make you look glamorous and stronger. And then, uh, and then yes, yeah, sell, sell, sell. Take the plunge. Sell your fan tokens for the first time and let the trading begin. And that will get you 400 XP points that you then use on a leaderboard to win VIP tickets. So the whole thing's kind of gamified to the point where there is a Pokemon Go built in. So you can go around hunting for a particular... There's yet another kind of token and you might occasionally get a Chili's token. But all these things, they seem like... What's the age profile of somebody who'd want to be doing Pokemon Go and like that kind of fun gamification stuff? I'm just going to say stuff. It, not our ballpark, probably. And I think that's the fairest thing we can say there. It's, it, it's not for us. But if you're a kid and you've, your starting point on this is that you need to have a 40 quid token to even be involved in it I think, as a PSG fan, then surely there's better ways you can spend 40 quid. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The first thing you do is you have to buy cryptocurrency. Like to do anything on the app, you have to buy an amount of cryptocurrency. The default, it always defaults to 25 euros. And then you have to edit it and say, oh no, I don't want to put that much, that much in. Just so to, if, you, if you are a teenage fan, which a lot of these things, that's what I'm getting at, is a lot of this seems to appeal to teenagers. Should you be combining like a teenage quiz game app where there's like rate the kits and you can win a shirt and stuff like this with what is like a cryptocurrency exchange where you can only actually buy one kind of cryptocurrency, which is Chili's? Fucking hell, it's wild, isn't it? What, what happened to going out garden hopping and knock a door run and stuff like that? Well, <laughs> that's what we used to do as kids. Just to get onto the finances a, a, a bit more on it, for example, looking at the the Barcelona tokens, they're currently 22 euros. And if you look at the chart of it, you can see how many of these there are because there are limited numbers of the tokens. Because yeah, guess... In the same way that like Bitcoin, there's only ever going to be a certain number of Bitcoin mined, isn't there? Yeah, and, yeah. and I think the Chile is the underlying kind of currency. They're limited as well. They're not like Bitcoin. They're not mined as Bitcoin are. They just are a number of them because someone said, is my understanding of it. And it's the same with the actual fan tokens. But the Barcelona fan tokens, as I say, they're, they're 22 euros at the moment and there are they are capped there will never be more than 39,960,000 of those so that at the current price if people were to buy what was left and on supply and demand you would imagine that this should come down if there's massive supply the price should come down but it doesn't seem to have done because if all of those were bought the shares were bought for 22 euros the total value of the Chile's tokens for Barcelona is eight hundred eighty-one million? They they could do euros. They could do with eight hundred eighty-one. And million I don't euros. think Barcelona don't get it. That's the thing. And eight hundred eighty-one million euros is a lot of money for you're essentially there purchasing the right to vote on some stuff, some quite mm. minor stuff. The most recent news item in the Roma section is that they allowed Roma fan token holders to ask the head coach three questions at a press conference. But it was when the head coach was Fonseca. He was sacked in July 2020. That's how long ago that was. And as you pointed out before, all the all the content on days, Angus Kinney was talking about how one of the ways Leeds will use this is to name a training pitch at Thorpe Arch. Why did you get fired? Roma did that. That's an old Roma one. So it's just socios just go, it's like a little, socios have a list of things. It's like um, clubs are just going, yeah, do that. All that seems so poorly developed. The only thing that actually seems very well developed is the cryptocurrency training. Every page shows you the value of the the token in euros shows you when it's gone up when it's gone down you can click through there are charts on everything to show you how much there are there is um one of the 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 perks you can get if you collect those gamification rewards is you can access a cryptocurrency trading chat room to get advice on the best cryptocurrency trades so what is this is this actually a fan engagement app where 
you know, I can do cool stuff and I can get Luke Ayling to, you know, wear his hair in a certain way or, or whatever, or go music. Or is it just an app where I can only buy one kind of cryptocurrency so that that particular brand of cryptocurrency keeps increasing in value and whoever it is out there that owns all the Chili's cryptocurrency makes a tidy profit? Should I should I unplug my server farm when I go home? Is that what you're saying? Your server farm's probably fine. I just don't put any of it into this thing unless you I mean What if you want to? Well, if you want to, that's fine. And there is also, I mean, there's a the flip side of the fact that we're all getting a free token as part of our season ticket deals is that if the price does rocket up like Paris Saint Germain do, sell them all and you make free money. But again, also the risk there is going down and Angus was quite adamant that this is not a cryptocurrency focused offering and i disagree with him having used the app at some and as you'll see when if you read what i've written about it i think i've i've covered everything and everything does seem to be geared towards cryptocurrency that's the main reason it exists because there is nothing if leeds united want to name a training pitch after a former player then i don't understand how me needing to put some money into a cryptocurrency app so that I can buy a crypto, a form of cryptocurrency so I can buy a fan token so that I can vote is a better outcome and is easier or more fun or, or because the blockchain, because everything with blockchain is better. There is nothing about it that is better than if as a season ticket holder, you gave me a login on Lee's night site and said, yeah, you can choose a name for the thing. Like I don't understand who benefits and the only people who do benefit are socios.com. And that's why I do have some sympathy for Angus taking heat. And especially when he's out here saying, you know, it is not about monetizing influence and the, the exact words I'm getting in emails from socios are, are contradicting him. It's not necessarily his fault. The socios thing is all about helping socios. I don't think it gives, it helps the club in any way apart from the money that they've put into the club to kick this partnership off because they it's, they give um, if their model is understood correctly they give up front money to the clubs like a sponsorship in an old school way it's a sponsorship and then they run a competition to decide what something should be named it's like they've they've sponsored Roma's team bus and they run a competition to decide what it's what the design should be that's kind of an old school thing I'm sure Tetley's could have done that back in the day collect some beer mats and you can change the you can choose the the name of the the bus. But that's where the the cryptocurrency part of it feels completely unnecessary to the process of naming a bus or naming a team or choosing who has an Instagram takeover. All those things could be done by a club that wants to engage with its supporters. They could even use the blockchain if they wanted to find a way on a club basis to do that. But all that using Socios does seems to really improve the value of Chile's cryptocurrency. I feel like you are shortchanging a future football fan if the experience you're expecting them to enjoy from the modern game is looking in a player's wash bag. You're not going to cheer that like a goal, are you? And that's a, Are there any drugs in the wash bags? If, <laughs> if all of a sudden someone's going to go, there's a if it's bag really of coke in there. And <laughs> that's tremendous. And there's, kind of, there's a separation there because there is an argument about, yes, this is the future of fan engagement and all the things you can do is on this and the quizzes and stuff will be great and they might improve them over time. Nothing and improves are, over time. Most there are, things only get worse. There are people, <laughs> there are people, fans of uh, socios, and I've seen them replying to critics uh, uh, when the Leeds token launch, saying, "No, one day, you know, the things you'll be able to do with this are incredible. You'll be able to pick the first team." There's 
I don't, I don't want to pick the first no, team. I'm, no, a fucking, exactly. I'm a fucking idiot. And the people who are very active defending it are very clearly people who own yes, chilies. Yes, they, they own a lot of chilies. I don't think that's how football should be presented to them. In football, it's so absurd because it's so full of even a fourth division match between two mid-table sides, a goal being scrambled in in the last minute to win it for one team or the other can be the most incredible experience and it's better than picking the design of a fucking team bus. So find a way of, of selling football to the world and I think you've got an absolute winner. But this thing is kind of, not only is the whole financial side of it dubious, but then the things that they, these young fans are being given to do are patronising, boring and do nothing for the to sell the game of football, the Super League was being built on the idea that, you know, football has to change. They completely ignored that if you then looked at Leeds versus Liverpool, the most dramatic football match you could possibly imagine, beginning with fans chasing a bus around the stadium and then somebody taking T-shirts into a, a changing room where they didn't enjoy them. And then after them, and then the match itself was a, an incredible game. Afterwards, you had Jurgen Klopp clapping back at Gary Neville on Sky like he was in the diary room of Big Brother. It was a, it was everything you, everything you could possibly need to market something successfully worldwide. And so I don't really think that oh you can you know you can pick the goal music is a is a worthwhile I mean, thing to be given to anybody, especially not hell, you're gonna at be, the cost. You're going to be furious about this lilac kit, aren't you? No, I mean a lilac kit's fine. I don't care what colour a kit is. That's I can deal with that. People might like it. Some of the stuff is just like, what what colour gloves do you want a goalkeeper to wear? Like, who gives a fuck? Wouldn't you know it, got a football match at the weekend. Those legacy fans. Yes, we are back on the um, on the turf and that turf is a shithole. It's old and in the terraces as well, for some fortunate few. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to get into the, we've talked about off-field matters <laughs> too much, but Angus and uh, the... The ticketing stuff and his, um, yeah, his his fundamental. Um, maybe by the end of the season, he'll have a different view of what people buy a membership for. Mm. I would suggest. I think it is mostly the tickets, myself, and certainly trying to squeeze twenty thousand people into the three thousand away end at Old Trafford is a first indication that tickets are going to be quite popular this season, home and away. Well, he said quite sincerely, we could have sold fifty thousand for Old Trafford. Uh, the number of inquiries they've had, so. Uh, anyway, we will be watching on the telly. Why can't we just do what Blackburn did and we just have... Well, I have no three, fans. No, we have three stands mm. at Old Trafford. Seems reasonable. I mean, uh, it is a perfect... We'll still be buying a, tickets. It's a perfect storm of, of ticket demand, though, isn't it? The fact we've not been allowed in for so long and this is the first game that anyone can go to since Hull away was the last away game anyone went but, to. But we're talking it, about so. off-field matters again. Let's let's talk about football. <laughs> oh, this is a bit more. This is more related to at least you know, it's about getting football, fans into some... a football ground. Come yeah. with your football expertise. You and must have a, you must have blistering opinions on um, what's going to happen at the weekend. Apparently, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's dead cocky now. That's oh, all he, I really know about Scum at the moment. He has been blathering. He's got a new contract, hasn't he? Which I think mm. is great. Uh, but he's been blathering on about oh well, we're fit, but we're, <laughs> Leeds United's a different proposition. Well, yeah, and also, is he one of the ones who's had a, a moan about not having enough time after the European Championships to prepare his players? You know, I mean, I know Scotland got knocked out early, but Liam Cooper had a tough old tournament in some ways and matches click, gives maximum effort. He gets tired doing everything. Calvin was just as much a part of the final as Jaden Sancho and didn't miss any penalties either. Mm. So... 
there's almost let, uh, let the country down, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Uh, he did as, as the, I'm sure our fans will be reminding. He did for the them. duration of this weekend, anyway, didn't he? <laughs> Bless him. Uh, uh, Marcus Rashford's not there. Obviously, he missed another penalty as well in the final. He's he's out. I think isn't he? he's had some sort of operation. Yeah, is it his shoulder that was causing him loaded chip? Something like that, which is the reason why we can't have Dan James yet. <laughs> it's an interesting weekend for uh, Dan James. He was talking this game up a bit, saying he was quite excited about it. But you know, what's what are his options if he has? If he has a really good game against us and scores a hat-trick or something, then we can obviously never sign him. But if he's rubbish, we won't want him. So mm. what's his best outcome? Have a mediocre game or I think fake, he's, fake an injury. As far as I can tell, he's quite good at that. Hey, that's a football joke. Own goal and a lead salute. How do you reckon we're going to get on? <sighs> oh, come on. It's a season <sighs> opener. Your pessimism is supposed to be never better. Optimism, sorry, is supposed to be never better than it is right now. It's what happened last year, though, wasn't it? That was. I mean, I, I should. What I should do? I should ignore the game. The th- I should look at the last game that happened, shouldn't I? The one at Ellen Road, because that was fine. I thought yeah. you meant the one against Villarreal when we conceded after nine seconds. If you want, a, oh yeah, that wasn't a precedent. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, when we went there last the, year and the Scott big, McTominay was like the best player in the world. The big problem at Old Trafford was conceding early. Thankfully, Leeds have done nothing to uh, <laughs> to change that. I think we will come out of the blocks and we will beat them one nil, and we will score. Our first goal and only goal in the same minute that Beckford scored, and it'll be up at that end. It'll be almost identical. That's a remarkably romantic idea that that, that would happen. Is in romance, the exact same is romance way. dead in your world, Michael? Not necessarily. I mean, of course, there'll be the massive fan protests against the Glazers as well, won't there? Oh, oh, spent a pittance, haven't they? So, I mean, presume oh, oh, that's all died down now, has it? Because they've spent a load of money. Yeah. I think I think they're all fine with them again now, aren't they? Probably. That's probably doing this disservice to a lot of people who who don't like them still, but. A huge amount of the problem with the Glazers was that they weren't spending enough money to win trophies for them. I think that was mainly it for, Easily for some people. That one. Bought, bought using uh, dollar MUFC <laughs> tokens. Have they got any? No, they're not on there, actually. The Portuguese national team is waiting to launch. Interesting. There are, yeah, there are national teams on there, aren't there? That mm. seems strange. Anyway, let's not go back down that <laughs> road. That particular rabbit hole. Spent half my day <laughs> losing it, and I'm losing, I am losing money as we speak. I don't know what my Roma fan token's worth now. Uh, so yeah, Moscow. How are we going to get on there? Um, I think we have will. Any split loyalties with this one? <laughs> Shush. <laughs> um, when you say we, it's very difficult to tell because the sort of we we got away with it last year by avoiding the whole subject of preseason because it happened behind closed doors and nobody saw that defeat to Stoke. But we lost three 0 to Stoke. It was like basically our warm up game. It was just it was like it didn't happen. Whereas this year. We all paid, um, however, whatever it was to live now for the privilege of watching us get spanked all over the place by Ajax mm. and um, not point four chilies, and then kicked all over the place by Real Betis. And what they did to uh, young Pascal was dreadful. Ilan Melier doesn't seem able to catch a ball anymore. Rodrigo's lungs have collapsed. Have they? Is that confirmed? <laughs> no, no, no. That, but, that wasn't uh, that wasn't any gossip from Angus. That was just me pointing out. But you're a joke. Yorente, I'm, sure I'm sure his lungs are fine. Yorente pulled a muscle. Furpo, uh, Furpo, our big new hope at left back, has missed a couple of games, injured. So we've been exposed to it this year of how bad it, it was. But then probably last year it was worse and we went to Liverpool and won. So I feel like... That's a long-running joke, by the way. Yeah. It will be a repeat this season that we will go to Old Trafford and a similar performance and another 4-3 win. I thought we won 3-2, didn't we? 
uh, we won. That's all we need to know. I've, I've just forgotten the details. It was, it was a high-scoring win. We were certain of that. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I, I don't see why we can't go there and win because we tend to come out of the blocks at the start of a season. Equally, we might lose as get again as well because yeah, there is that lingering ghost of last year, isn't it? I do, I do understand both sides of it, Michael. You yeah, got a fair point. A Ooh. point would be absolutely fine. I think a draw would be a really nice, a really nice start. Make it fun again as well. A nice three all. That'd be good. I mean, we beat them at Elland Road, so it's not a big problem. We can we did put the Old Trafford thing behind us with a comprehensive victory. So I don't know why everybody's uh, worried about that. We need to get that out of our out of our system. Uh, yeah, with a a more serious head on just starting well would be fine not losing would be fine as long as we beat Everton it's kind of the thing I would I'd want a win over them if we're not going to beat the scum but we do know from Bielsa pre-seasons past that the difference even from the last game before the season starts to the season starting is always just phenomenal and it's completely different teams and let's look at the positives if nothing else We'll have some lovely mank accents to be listening to next week because propaganda's oh, going to return. Propaganda. Manchester United. Uh, United. This is a Manchester United team. This is Manchester United. Manchester United. This is this is United. Manchester United. Just that endlessly. Just talking about themselves. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, something to look forward to, isn't it? Just need to find out who Roma are playing this weekend. It might be another friendly. So we will why, go. Why, why did you buy a Roma one, by the way? Because it was cheap. You could have had Universidad de Chile for one euro twenty. Well, now you tell oh, maybe, me. I mean, maybe that was more expensive at the time. Who knows? Maybe there's been a big a big swing. You haven't been following the market. I've not been following the markets, no. Uh, well, we'll see what happens here. We do flip back over to the, the proper format. Usual show propaganda returns. Match ball. We'll have some fun with the match ball, aren't we? There's talk of live streaming it to our TSB Plus subscribers. Fun. Needs putting in, in uh, heavy inverted commas when that's the prospect. And we will be monetizing it heavily, of course. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to watch, you've got to buy a uh, square ball token, etc., etc. So, right, predictions for the season then. That's just one thing that we need to do and get out of the way. How do you think we're going to get on this season? 11th. 11th, you say, Michael. Slightly worse. Probably not actually, practically speaking, any worse. It'll be, a, it'll feel similar, but maybe just a bit lower for some reason. Mainly my head. Um, for consistency's sake, I did this for the Observer at the weekend, and I Ooh, said, "Look at me, oh, fancy twat." Seventh, I predicted, and I also said that the first Premier League manager to be sacked. Any guesses? Only going to Solskjaer. No. Oh, Frank Lampard. No. Patrick that was last Vier- year. Patrick Vieira. Thomas Frank. Oh no! Surely they'll hang on to him because he's so special. My um, I had to do list the top four in order, which. I don't know if anybody watched that um, quiz that Leeds United put out where they had um, Liam Cooper, Tyler Roberts and Pat Bamford had to do like a quick fire quiz of football questions. And I think only Tyler Roberts could remember who won the Premier League last season. I thought <laughs> Liam Cooper was going to combust them with a strain. So I named the top four last year and he was like, ah, uh, oh, these are really hard. And, um, but I, so I had to choose the top four. So I said Man City, Liverpool, Leicester City and Chelsea. And I had to choose the bottom three in order. So I put Watford bottom, then Norwich, then Newcastle United, because although Brentford will sack Thomas Frank, I think it's then Pontus Janssen, player manager, keeps them up. That's the backstory that they didn't have room to to print, <laughs> but it's going was going on in my mind as I wrote those two words. I also um, they asked me any youngsters because I know nobody's read this. I may as well give you the good bits here. Any youngsters set to break through? Um, 
I said Joe Gelhart, who is like a sleek French fry to Wayne Rooney's potato. <laughs> quite happy to, to sneak that in there. Wayne Rooney's potatoes uh, were two goals down after 15 minutes at Salford tonight, by the way. I don't know how they, I don't know how they are um, getting on at the moment. Uh, probably young side has got out the new potatoes. Uh, we're playing for them tonight. So you, you're saying 11th. So last season, for context, we finished 9th with 59 points. You're saying 11th with how many points? Like 54. 54 points. Moscow, you're go, you went four or you're going for How many points did we get last year? We got 59 last okay, year. Okay, I think 7th with 59. Right, so uh, no idea if that works, but I'm yeah, it would have it would have got us to about seventh in most other years with that. So there Moscow seventh with fifty nine. I'm going to say let's let me. I'll go slap bang in the middle of you two then, just for uh, just for the sake of splitting the difference. I say we'll finish ninth again, but we will get fifty seven points this time. It's a pathetic spread of guesses, isn't it? You really need someone saying like, oh, 18 points relegated by. Easter or what, what do you think what do you think is the window that we could finish in then there's a, probably a more interesting question because we've made our predictions but what do you think what's the highest and the lowest we could finish highest probably is about 7th lowest is about 18th <laughs> just about going down I don't think we will I'm, I'm, I'm certain we won't you didn't ask Angus if there's somewhere in a locked box like a open if relegated business plan because he said I know he was just saying about we've got plans to finish in various positions didn't mention if there was one. I think he didn't ask him anything. Didn't ask him about the BMX. Didn't ask him about this. Inside that box would just be a, a sheet of A4 saying "Sell Calvin Phillips" on it. That's probably about right, to be honest. Moscow, what do you reckon? What do you reckon our window of opportunity is? Probably sixth at the top. I think we can go one more than my prediction, and I don't think any lower than fourteenth. There's some rubbish in this division, you know. I mean, yeah, I'd agree with that. I, you're about bang on where I'd have gone there, sixth to fifteenth, maybe. You were saying before Aston Villa might have done well by replacing Grealish with those three, but it's a big gamble. And as soon as Danny Ings is injured, Brentford won't be above us. Brighton won't finish above us. Burnley won't. Um, Palace under Patrick Vieira that could go one or two ways, couldn't it? It could either be glorious or terrible. Everton with Benitez, I should have just put them to be relegated. Liverpool are probably going to be better because they've got defenders back Newcastle are going to be garbage I've said them going down Norwich will go down Southampton won't be very good Tottenham's going to be a disaster because you know Harry Kane just won't go near the place and then the W's the World Wide Web Watford West Ham Wolverhampton they're not going to do anything so that's partly why I thought um, outside chance for the title for Leeds because (laughs) I mean Arsenal Ben White won't save them who haven't I mentioned Chelsea, just Chelsea. I mean, money gets you to the, the top four automatically, doesn't it? And then um, City will win it. Scum. Scum will do what they did last year, where they'll be terrible all season, but somehow finish second and nobody really understand what the fuck they're doing there. Um, so that's those top places kind of take care of themselves. But yeah, outside the, uh, outside the top three teams, I don't think there's anybody better than Leeds United. And I don't know what, um, I don't think losing 4-0 to Ajax contradicts that in any way at all. Having listed some of those teams, I think we probably, not that we, we probably won't finish 18th, will we? Mm. I think I think finishing, because I think Burnley actually, I think Dyche is probably one of the most likely to be sacked because mm. they've got new owners and they'll have a bad start and panic and then they'll realise that he was actually the best thing about them and they've got a load of shit players and they'll, they'll go down on like 12 points without Dyche there and then they'll realise also that they've Borrowed a load of money to buy Burnley and just regret the whole thing. Should have bought Chili's because it's in because Bur- <laughs> it's in Burnley. I suppose the spread of where we could 
finish is is an interesting way of building on a kind of a lot of the the stress of preseason where you would think kind of if we really I don't think we could possibly be as bad as some people seem to have think we've been in preseason purely because I don't think a team really just goes from ninth to just being awful and certainly not this team that won every game under Bielsa in the championship for two seasons pretty much and then was absolutely flying at the end of last season. I don't see any reason why just because a couple of pre-season friendlies didn't go our way when we were kind of mixing up the squad and putting in different players in different positions and coming back at different rates, why a big switch will be flicked and they're all just terrible again. It doesn't work that way and especially not in a, a league system where there are that many teams around who are just so much worse than us. They will be between us and the bottom. As a final positive note, it was nice to see uh, the EFL, very quaint that that thing is still going. That kicked off like over the weekend. Uh, and it's dreadful. It's, it's a dreadful, hateful place that we're no longer part of. Like, you know, seeing games like the perfect example, Coventry against Nottingham Forest. I think it feels like every team is, is just becoming a mid sized Midlands club. And that's all, that's all the championship is just becoming. It's full of clubs exactly like that. Break it off into a regional league at some point. It's not far off, yeah. But like to see Coventry score a 96th minute winner against Forest, hateful. Just a hateful set of a... Funny were they not, as well. Were they back at the Rico? That's a nice story for Coventry. Though. That was the romance, yeah. But you know they're managed by one of your United favourites, Mark Robbins. Always had a soft spot for him. <laughs> Kept Ferguson in a job, didn't he? Fergie, as I should call him. Uh, so yeah, let's let's avoid that. Let's just have a jolly nice time this season, and let's see if we still feel the same on the match ball on Saturday afternoon, following Old Trafford. We'll be feeling something, won't we? Because I think that was part of why it didn't feel as bad losing six two at Old Trafford because you couldn't see them there in the stands being all pleased. So uh, win or lose, it, we're going to have to look at them, aren't we? So that'll that'll change things a little bit. I feel. Mm. I was going to say we'd have to hear them as well, but we probably won't, will we? Yeah. Well, fingers crossed it all goes all right. We'll react to it all on uh, on Saturday as the match ball returns for the new season. And thank you for, for hanging out with us on this one. And uh, time to go um, buy some crypto, I think, isn't it? You're going to buy some? Of course not. Moscow? I'm losing it hand over fist over here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll speak to you in a bit. See you soon. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast. 